Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Five, five, four. We have ignition. Strap in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve, rivalry weeks here. Called, I call it hate week. So if you hear me say hate week, you know it's because Alabama and Auburn are playing this weekend. Just hate them. I mean, you, you just have to hate them. Florida State, Florida. Florida State fans hate Florida. Florida State, Florida fans hate Florida State. That's why That's why it's hard to to predict these games. Once you get into November, once you get into rivalry week, Jonathan, there's just something about it that you can throw Vegas out the window. They can do the best they can to predict the game. But when you, when you put the emotion, the hate involved in something, uh, it's just very hard to predict some of these big rival games. Welcome to the show and, and thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. Happy hate week y'all. Uh, my favorite uh, week of the year. Um, yeah, I think Vegas does struggle with these weeks because you actually see more outright upsets. And a lot of the games are a lot closer than anticipated. Um, you know, certain games like Virginia, Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech should, you know, in a, in a vacuum, should always beat Virginia by 21 points, let's say. Uh, but if you look at the past, you know, 10 years, They've beaten them by, you know, three, six, seven. You know, I think the biggest one was like 17. You know, it's just there's so much emotion and energy. And, you know, teams don't care if they're fighting for bowl eligibility. Uh, bowl eligibility. They're just fighting to to show some pride in their school. And that's, that's why this is the best damn week of football. And you know what? We talked about it. You and I talked about Auburn maybe making the Sugar Bowl. Who cares? This is their bowl game right here. This is – this is the one that means more than any victory over Oklahoma in a Sugar Bowl. If we beat Alabama, man, we've got 365 days to talk about it to them. I don't care how many championships you won this year, what you did. We beat you. And that's that's why Alabama fans, they may not admit it so much. They may be talking about Florida right now and the playoff, but don't don't get ahead of yourself because this time of year you trip up to your rival the next week, guess what? You're playing a Florida team that you never know what can happen. So once you you start playing around, you lose a game. That's when it can all unravel. We'll talk about – we'll have callers tonight talk about their favorite team, the rivalry. Probably the most we'll get is the Alabama-Auburn callers because 
That is the biggest rivalry. Jonathan will allow you to talk. Me and you'll talk about the Florida, Florida State. I've invited some Florida fans home, but never heard back. And maybe that's because they're hiding right now in their mom's basement, knowing that it's coming. Yeah, you beat LSU. I got it. Know his right from his left. But you've got to go to Tallahassee at night in a hostile environment. They hate you. I mean, they hate you. They would like nothing more than to to beat the brakes off of you before you go to see Alabama. And that's <laughs> – I'm excited. I'm so glad that game is separated from the Auburn game. 3.30 kickoff, and I think it's 8 o'clock for Florida State. But, Jonathan, let's go to the rankings from the college football playoff committee last night. Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Clemson 4. No big deal there, right? Everything stayed the same. Nothing moved. Washington jumped up into that five spot after Louisville choked away to Houston. And here's the big debate, Wisconsin-Penn State. So uh, just pretend with me a minute. Ohio State goes in there, Jonathan, they beat Michigan. Penn State beats Michigan State. All of a sudden, Ohio State's out of the Big Ten picture. But they're saying last night that they're really a lock for the playoffs. So you're telling me Penn State beats Wisconsin wins the Big Ten championship, they're gonna let they're gonna leave Penn State out over Ohio State. Well, you know, that's a tough one because um you know, you have Penn State at what at seven, right? So and I get it, Ohio State wins their number two, how can you drop number two? Um but if you tell me Penn State, you know, they beat Michigan State, whatever, they beat them bad. And then they beat number six or number five, depending on uh, how far they drop Michigan. I mean, you have to give them some consideration at that point. And I think the only team that you're picking between is them and Ohio State. I really do. Or is it going to be between Penn State and Washington? Just say, let's just play a scenario. Washington beats that, wins the Apple Cup tomorrow. They beat a good Colorado team in the Pac-12 championship. Are we discussing Penn State and Ohio State at this point, or are we just, are we comparing Penn State to Washington? Well, I mean, if you look at it that way, Washington's top three wins at that point would be Washington State, who's fringe top 25, Utah, who's a fringe top 25, and Colorado, who, I mean, right now is number nine. Um, They're good. Whereas, yeah, I mean, Penn State's top wins would be Wisconsin, Ohio State, two obviously top 15 wins, and then LSU, who's French top 25. I mean, it'd be a heck of a debate. I'll give you that. It, that well, hit loss here, is what here's, killed Penn State. Here's the, exactly, and here's what I'm about to say. And Penn State fans out there, you've had a hell of a season, and I'm not going to take anything. You lost to Pitt early in the season. I get it. You lost to Pitt on the road. Pitt's not a very great team, but what's going to hurt you is you lost by 39 points to Michigan. That losing by 39 in a season is is almost unforgivable. We saw Virginia Tech lose by two touchdowns, and I came unglued when they made it. So if you put a team that lost by 39 to Michigan in, and I know teams develop as time goes on, but I haven't been very impressed with Penn State all season. Yes, they beat Ohio State. I give them that, but I don't think Ohio State's done a lot either to deserve that number two ranking. And and we can argue about that all night. But what was funny is last night, seems like this 
Kurt Herbstreet and all of them are just now they're pumping up Southern Cal. Like, why are they not up there? Well, you got three losses, buddy. Sorry. Auburn, you have three losses. Sorry. You can get in the top ten. You, you know, you went out. You play what you do. You can get in the top ten. But you're not a, a playoff team, in my mind, with three losses. It's just you've had three chances and you've blown them all. And I know you develop as the year goes on in college football. You get better. But the way the format is, you know, after that second loss, Jonathan, it's almost impossible to to climb back up in there. But let me ask you this. What did the committee say last night putting Auburn at 13 and Florida at 15, really, and Tennessee's at 17? Does that send a message that, that Auburn's a better team in, in their eyes, even with two losses? Florida's got two. They're in the SEC championship. I think it says Auburn's a better team, but I also think they say Florida State's about to wax you, so we're not going to dare put you ahead of Auburn right now just to see you go down. It just looks to me they will not like, like like they want Auburn in that Sugar Bowl regardless. That's what it told me last night. Yeah, I, I think they did send a statement to the SEC where they were like, look, the second-best SEC West team is better than the SEC champ. The team that is projected to lose Alabama by three scores is better than the SEC East champ. Let's, let's be honest. Come on now. Um, and I agree. I think Auburn should be slated higher. I would have had Tennessee higher than Florida. Um, but I guess that's, that's neither here nor there. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, it's funny. You brought up Penn State losing by 39 to Michigan. And it's a great point because the, the largest mar, you know, margin of loss, I guess, if you will, of a team that got into the playoff was that Ohio State team in 2014 when they lost to Virginia Tech. That's the only that's the only one that's really I think lost by double digits. So a thirty nine point loss is an ugly, ugly data point to have. Yeah. And if you put Penn State, just say they get in at four and they play a one seed Alabama, Alabama will destroy them. And we've seen it we saw it last year in the Michigan State Alabama game. There's no difference except Michigan State's better than that Penn State team that's about to take the field. Um I can't imagine you putting two Big Twelve te- or two Big Ten teams in because people talk about the SEC. Oh, they can't get two in. That's not what it's about. Okay, let's follow suit. And at that point, Washington deserves to get in. Now, now if Washington stubs his toe, that's gonna that's gonna open the door for an Oklahoma team. It's gonna open the door for another Big Ten team. But I just don't think Washington's gonna lose another game. So that being said. I think Michigan's going to go down to Ohio State, and I think you're going to have Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington, and Washington will be the four seed. That'll be a good – I mean, just think if, if this will happen, Bama and Washington would be a great game. Ohio State and Clemson would be a great game. So you've got two great semifinal games right there. You start throwing some lower-tier Big Ten teams, and I know Jason will probably come on tonight and talk about it. He's with me. The Big Ten's not as great as what? what people are saying it is right now. They're, they're, people think the Big Ten's great because they got all these top ten teams, but yeah, you've got Ohio State and Michigan. Other than that, I'm just not very impressed, Jonathan. Penn State and Wisconsin, they don't impress me. Well, and that's a good point because if Wisconsin hadn't beat LSU, would they still be considered a good team? You know, if they lose to LSU uh, as well as Ohio State and Michigan, I think we're all sitting there going, I mean, you know, they're they're good, but they're not top five. They're not top ten. Um, 
So, you know, that, that's the interesting conversation about Wisconsin. Do I think Penn State might be better than them? I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to hear that argument out. But my thing, my thing with Penn State is that they might be better than last year's Michigan State team. Like, I, I don't think Michigan State was the best team in the Big Ten last year. I think their defense just shut down Ohio State's offense. I think Ohio State might have been the better team, even though it might have been the same result in the playoffs uh, that Michigan State had just because of the season they went through. That Ohio State wow. team last year reminded me a lot of 2014 Florida State. Um, so, you know, the difference Ohio is Penn State, State was a better offense. Ohio State lost by 50 points. You know, Ohio well, State would have given Bama trouble. They would have given well, – uh, they, they they stubbed their toe and they that, – that Notre Dame team that lost, they played they was real good. If they hadn't lost, they would have yeah. played Clemson. It would have been Bama-Oklahoma. And we all know what happened there. And it would have been Clemson, Ohio State. And I think Clemson would have run lost again <laughs> last year. I do. I think that would have been the Oregon-Florida State game. As much as it pains me to say that, I think it would have been that game all over again. Um, you know, so could be right. it's, I, it's not an indictment of the Big Ten. It's not. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Uh, I'm not trying to be negative about the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten is a good conference. I think they have good teams. Um, but I'm just saying, I think, you know, last year Ohio State, like this year's Clemson and 2014-Florida State, you know, it's tough making a run back-to-back years like that, and I'm not sure Alabama, apparently. Um, you know, so it's it's just it, – it, the Big Ten has put themselves in a very interesting situation. They put the committee in a tough spot. And the committee put Wisconsin yeah. and Penn State where they did. Just in case Ohio State wins, well, they're not in the conference championship game. You know, they've put a lot of emphasis on conference championship games. Now, if Michigan wins out, this whole argument is settled. You know yeah. what I mean? So the easiest thing it's for over. anybody would be Michigan, win, please, just win. Well, here's the problem I have in, like, looking at some of these CBS and ESPN people that are projecting A&M and the Sugar Bowl. Well, what the committee told me last night, even A&M lost, they dropped them out of the poll, right? They're, there's nothing. Beating LSU tomorrow night means nothing, really. I don't think they could get you up past the top 20, maybe. Maybe you finish 9-3 and three if you're A&M. Without Trevor Knight, you're 20. But LSU, if they beat A&M tomorrow night, it doesn't matter. They're not going to creep back up in there. Do you agree with that? The committee sent a loud message last night that A&M and LSU are are no more a thought of a New Year's Six Bowl game. Because I couldn't imagine a team with one game left plays for themselves from unranked to a New Year's Six Bowl. I'm sorry. I just I can't see that. Yeah, I mean, the look, the Sugar Bowl is either going to be Auburn or Tennessee at this point. It is. Every, you know, everybody's needs to deal with it. Um, you know, Auburn right now is slotted for it where, they, where they're ranked. Um, Tennessee, you know, if, if Bama, does, you know, takes covers the spread and Florida does what we think they're going to do and Tennessee beats Vanderbilt, then Tennessee goes to Sugar Bowl most likely. Um, you know, and, and that's – those are the two so I disagree. You know, I disagree. Oh, you're talking about Florida and Auburn, now, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. But here's here's yeah. another thing, though. And mm-hmm. if Auburn keeps this thing respectable, right? Ten points mm-hmm. or fourteen points, and that's respectable in Tuscaloosa, considering they're beating people by thirty every weekend. Um, but I'm still going to predict this game later. But just say Tennessee beating Vanderbilt. What's that going to do 
you, you may go up a spot because Florida is going to lose to Florida State or Florida State is going to lose to Florida. They may drop below you. Mm-hmm. Nebraska has a chance. So Tennessee could sneak in there. You're right. So Auburn's best shot to control their own destiny is to win instead of worrying about other people. And I, w- I would take Auburn beating Alabama and not even going up bowl game. That, that would be fine by me. But I want to touch on a couple little things in the polls before we start breaking down the game. Washington State at 23rd, I'm fine. But Western Michigan at 21 behind Boise State and Houston. I just – I'm sorry. Western Michigan, they, they've won all their games this year. What do you have to lose by putting them in a New Year's Six Bowl game? Boise State, you lost to Wyoming. You're not even going to win your conference. That will take care of itself. Houston, um, I think the same thing. I think at the end of the day, Western Michigan's going to be in that New Year's Six Bowl game. They're going to be – the best conference champion ranked higher than Boise State and Houston. Well, I agree. So here's what bothers me. The committee's like, well, you know, Houston beat, you know, two top ten teams. Well, that's fine, but Houston got blown out by SMU. You have, at some point you have to look at that loss and go, oh, that's bad. Uh, they're not going to play for their conference championship. And if I'm not mistaken, to be a G5 team in the Cotton Bowl this year, uh, you have to have won your conference. Like Houston's eliminated. Bye. Let's not even play this game. Um, Boise State lost Wyoming. Who Wyoming's a good team this year, but they still lost. The Boise's played a lot of close games this year. If you look at their schedule, they play a lot of close games. Western Michigan, they beat Northwestern by one. And Northwestern is an average team, right? Let's see. They beat a D2 yep. team by 49. You beat Illinois by 24. You beat – you win by 28. 39, 15, 41, 14, 32, 16, 38. I mean, they have been smoking people. They're going to play a tough Toledo team uh, Friday. There's no doubt about it. Toledo's a good team. But Western Michigan has been beating people up this year. You know, these games haven't really haven't been close. They haven't been in doubt. So I don't know why the committee feels like they don't deserve a shot. We've seen MAC teams – well, you know, they tend to produce a good well, – whoever the best team in the MAC is usually actually is pretty good. Um, so I, I don't understand why the committee continues to disrespect them. Yeah, and look, I've, I've seen them play, and I don't care what competition they played at. I've seen them play some good – some decent average Big Ten teams on the road, but the eye test is what I look at. At Boise, they don't do it for me. Houston is a very good football team, but look, you've had your chances. All you had to do is play consistent, somewhat consistent football, and you're in, but you didn't. You lost to SMU and Navy, okay? I, I'm sorry. You, you, yeah, you beat Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is trash, and I'll say that to anybody that, that wants to argue with me, and I can sit here and prove it all night. And Louisville, to me, is garbage. So, yeah, you beat two teams that are very overranked that – not very good on defense, and you be you lose to SMU and Navy. I'm sorry, Western Michigan didn't lose. They don't have the premier wins, but they don't have those losses either. And I look at I look at losses, man. It'd be like Auburn losing to Alabama A&M and beating Alabama. I'm sorry, Auburn, you still suck. I'm I'm sorry. I just can't get over some of these losses that some of these teams try to get away with. It's not okay to lose to, to crap teams, but. West Virginia fell big to 18. They, they took a huge nosedive down. They should have. I mean, they're not a very good team. Utah fell to 22. But one thing that's going to hurt Wisconsin when all this is said and done is the fact that LSU is not ranked. 
that win is no longer considered a great win, right? I mean, LSU has fallen off the map. Fournette's not playing tomorrow night. They could care less. They're in between firing this coach and hiring another one. I just don't think it matters anymore. I mean, that that, that LSU win was game one, and I think nobody cares about week one anymore in football. It's over. And Wisconsin cannot hang their hat on beating LSU. Right, and it's like not only that, but Les Miles was fired, what, two, three weeks after that game? So, I mean, you beat a team that yeah. fired their coach. That that can't be considered a great win. You know, uh, you know, people, you know, USC should be, you know, top ten or top seven. It's like, A, USC lost three games. B, USC got drubbed by Alabama. That wasn't even a contest. Like, you can't – well, and then, you know, everybody's like, well, Stanford's not that good. Stanford beat them by 17. Let's um, not oh, that's that. what you can't forgive. I can't forgive. Stanford's a bad football team. They're bad. But you lose – you lose 52-6 to six to Bama, right there eliminates you from the playoffs. And, again, it's an ugly loss. Ugly losses. You, you can't seem to tell me that if you put Alabama and USC up again, it's going to be some great game. It may be it may be 38-13 to 13 this time instead of 52-6, to six, but it's still the same outcome. You can't replay that game. Stanford beat you by 17. Utah beat you. Utah. Oregon just went to Utah and spanked them. And yes, they've won ever since then. They beat Arizona State by 21. They beat Colorado by four. They beat Arizona by 34. They beat Cal by 21. They beat Oregon by 25. Yes, they're hot. They beat Washington. They're, and they beat UCLA by 22. You can't tell me that USC is not the hottest team in football right now. But while they while they were becoming the hottest team in football, They've got two losses that I can't forgive, and that's Stanford by 17 and Bama by 46. And I don't think anybody out there will disagree unless you're a USC fan. And uh, I just I just don't know. I just don't know how in the world you could sit here and try to make a push for USC right now. They're not the team that, that I think that people, like Herb Street's trying to make them out to be. No, I agree. I mean, once a team loses three games, they're they're written off in my eyes. You know, once you lose two, it's like mm, you're on the fringe. Like we could have a conversation, yep. but you need a lot of help. You lose three games. You better win eyes. your conference. You better yeah. win your conference with two losses. Like like Auburn was in good shape before they lost to Georgia, to where if they beat Georgia, they beat Alabama. That means they play for the SEC championship. And had they won that you probably get both Alabama and Auburn in. Thing is, USC, well, once Auburn lost to Georgia, they could, everybody can lose twice and it doesn't matter anymore. Auburn is no longer relevant in the eyes of the college football playoff. But they can sure throw a wrench in it this weekend. And, and we'll talk about the Iron Bowl, of course, in just a few minutes. I know Sonia's going to come on in a little while. Sonny will be on to talk about his Michigan rivalry. Lacey will be on. Chris Smelly's supposed to come on. Different people to talk about some of these rivals. Sonny, Sonny Clark's a closet Michigan fan, though. He, he's a Michigan fan now that they're winning, right? <laughs> nah, I'm joking with you. I'm joking with him. Sonny, you're out there. Press one if you. When we start talking about the Michigan game, and we'll we'll bring you on. But we're gonna we're gonna start breaking them down a little bit. I mean, it starts tomorrow night. This just in: Less or Fournette's out of the game. He's not playing against 
uh, Texas A&M on the road. But you know what? I'm still going to pick LSU to go on the road in College Station and win. And it's not because LSU is some great team. I just think Texas A&M struggles stopping the run. They're going to struggle scoring points against this defense. I don't think it's a pretty game, but I think LSU gets out alive with a win. They finish the season with three losses, but one thing is they've, they've only played 11 games. Where does that impact them in the bowl? So are they going to look at that and, and see that they only played eight game, or 11 games instead of 12, or are they going to forgive that game they didn't play? Because you can't just add, I think it would be seven, and I think they'll finish seven and four, right? If they win that game tomorrow night, yeah, they, they would finish seven and four with that South Alabama game having never been played. And you know, I, lo, lo, looking at it, to be completely honest, I'm not sure if that game really matters as much. You know, it's kind of like Florida's going to finish. You know, they're eight and two right now, and the only game they did not play was Presbyterian. Nope. Okay. Like, oh well. Um. So, I mean, I'm with you. I think Geist has a big day for LSU. I think he runs for a buck fifty plus, um, you know, as long as he you know follows his blockers. Uh, and I, I like LSU to win this game, something like twenty four sixteen. Just nasty, ugly game. I think LSU's defense is going to get after A and M. Uh, they'll struggle offensively, and um, you know, your A and M secondary leads the nation in missed tackles, and I think that's something that LSU's going to be able to take advantage of. Uh, you know, but I mean. Look, it'll be better than watching the nightcap in the NFL game. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Andrew Luck, Pittsburgh's coming to the town. But here's here's something I'm predicting that's going to happen tomorrow night. After Texas A&M loses, they may wait till Sunday. I don't know when they'll announce it, but I think Kevin Sumlin's gone. I think they fire Kevin Sumlin after losing this LSU game. Because, remember, this team was undefeated when they played Alabama. Yeah, they lost, but they turn around and lose to Mississippi State. They lose to Ole Miss without Chad Kelly. And now they're about to lose to LSU. I think the fourth loss will be too much to overcome. Where Auburn was projected to win five or six games, that was before Javon Robinson went out. Auburn exceeded expectations. A&M just crapped the bed again. And it's a the same thing with Kevin Sumlin every year. He wins his first five, four, five, six games, and then he, he crumbles down the stretch. So is this the game that gets Kevin Sumlin fired? That's an interesting conversation that I've uh, been having internally. Um, you know, because I'm looking at this team started 6-0. and They were 7-1 and after they lost to Bama. And you get swept by the state of Mississippi in two games you shouldn't have lost. Uh, I get it in Mississippi State game. You lost Trevor Knight. Uh, early in the game, so you know whatever it was on the road, but it lose the Ole Miss when you were up by what twenty one six. I mean you had no business losing that game. Ole Miss scored everything in the fourth quarter. In all honesty, Ole Miss outplayed them for the entirety of the game uh, with a true freshman quarterback in his first start on the road. Um, you know you struggled with you with uh, Texas San Antonio. You know there there's that report out there that Chad Morris. Um, Baylor really liked him, and they're like, you know, oh, well, he, you know, somebody said that Chad Morris had accepted the job, and a bunch of people came out and said, no, you're wrong. Um, and I think the reason is Chad Morris is sitting there going, do I want Baylor? Or if A&M opens up, or if Texas doesn't get Herman. Um, so I think, I think Chad Morris is the hottest coaching candidate in the state of Texas, and I think 
that A&M is looking at him going, you know what, we might want him a little more than Sumlin. Exactly. And Kevin Sumlin's out. Where does he land? Where does he go? Does he go to Oregon? Does Oregon look at Kevin Sumlin and say, hey, this is a good offensive-minded coach. He's been in the SEC. He's been in the Big 12. Let's take a shot on him and see if we can do something with him in the Pac-12. The guy's a great recruiter. He knows how to recruit. I think he may be one of those guys in line. Even if he gets fired, I don't think he stays unemployed long. I think Oregon gives him a shot. You know, someone had a good track record at Houston. Um, obviously, at Texas A&M, the results are mixed, but it's been better than some of the previous guys. Um, so, you know, I think if A&M were to let him go, I think he would land on a seat somewhere, uh, either as an offensive coordinator at a, at a high-profile gig or as a as a head coach, somebody like an Oregon. Or maybe he winds up back at Houston if Herman leaves. Or, you know, another one of the top-end mid-majors, maybe another – uh, another one uh, school that you know, you kind of just peek at, you know, uh, across the country that might lose their coach, like uh, North Carolina, Fedora League. You know, so I think um, I think someone will be okay if he were to be let go. I think he'll find something. But for A and M, it's just how much longer can you put up with hot starts with you know great first half, terrible second half. You know, like I said, if you took someone to build them and put them together, you'd have the best coach in college football. Um, but unfortunately, that's not what someone is, and maybe he's just not a big-time coach. And, you know, that that's one thing that people need to just think about. Maybe he's not. You know, maybe he should have gone to the NFL when he had the chance. Yeah, we're going to talk a couple more games real quick before we talk the Iron Bowl. And, Jonathan, we'll save the, the Florida State game for you. You'll be able to talk about that. You and I will talk about the Florida-Florida State game. Um, some more rival games coming up. I, I don't know what this means for Texas, but they're a three-point favorite over TCU. I don't consider this a rivalry game yet. But Charlie Strong, uh, gosh, what a what a mess this has become. Losing the Kansas players, threatening to boycott the TCU game. Charlie Strong's kind of character is being questioned now by those in Texas. But I'm I'm the I'm the guy that's saying that. The booster, Texas doesn't know how to run itself. They don't know how to run their organization. They're getting crapped on by everybody because they don't know how to control anything. These boosters run the program. Jonathan, Charlie Strong has kind of damaged his name throughout this process. Don't you think so? Well, anybody that loses to Kansas. Well, I mean, look, do I feel bad for Charlie? I mean, there's the human side of me that does. Then I look and go, well, you're going to get paid $10 million to get fired, so you ain't hurting. But at the same point in time, it is, you know, he was hired to get fired. You know, the, 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 you know, the saying is coaches are always hired to get fired. It's like, no, a lot of people hire coaches hopefully they're, hoping they're going to stay the, the entire duration of their career, whereas he was hired with the expectation that he wasn't going to last five years. Um, and so with Charlie, I mean, look, man, if, if your teams have performed, you wouldn't be in this situation. That, that's that's the only thing. Do I think they're going to win uh, Friday? Yeah, I do. I think TCU is a mess this year. Um, I think Foreman's going to run for 200-plus on them. Um, you know, and I think Texas is going to pull this one out because the players want it. But he's gone. I mean, you know, stunner, surprise, he's gone, guys. 
he he is he's gonna yeah. be a good defensive coordinator somewhere next year. And before we get into the Iron Bowl, I know there's a lot of people, families, Thanksgiving right now. We don't want to just to drum things to death. But Charlie Strong's fired. He's done. Sunday morning, you're going to wake up, and he's gone. I mean, Texas' season could be over. Um, this is their last game, correct? I know some Big 12 teams play next weekend, try to get some love with the championships. But if he loses this game, do they do they fire him after he or even, just say if they win Texas wins this game do they fire him then and hire the new coach for the bowl or or how are they going to do it because nobody didn't think they were about to have to do this so quick they thought they were going to be able to kind of drag it on a little bit but losing to Kansas just kind of upset everything nobody gave te- Kansas a shot to beat Texas and now all of a sudden you're fighting for bowl eligibility. Yeah, I mean, the the thing with Texas is you have to look at when that dead period for recruiting comes into effect, which I want to say is after the second week of December. So, you you know, a lot of these schools want to try and get a coach in place before that so the coaches can at least talk to the recruits uh, and try and, you know, make some sort of headway uh, before they have to go dark. Um, so I, I think that – I think win or lose, Charlie Strong's job will be gone – um, by uh, by Monday morning, I really do. Uh, you yeah. know, it's unfortunate, but that's the nature of the beast. Texas fans, be careful what you wish for, guys. I mean, this carousel of coaches. Ask Sonia; she'll tell you about Alabama. Ask some friends at Tennessee about firing Fulmer and hiring a coach every two years. You cannot, you cannot compete for championships if you're firing coaches every two or three years. I'm sorry, you just you can't do it. And even Auburn fans out there with Gus, just suck it up and let's see what happens over the next two or three years. After that, then you may need to fire him if he's not getting better every year or doing what you're supposed to do. But you can't get consistency in a program firing coaches. And I wonder which coaches want this Texas job. But we'll talk about that Sunday night after these rival games. But one before the Iron Bowl we're going to talk about real quick is the Michigan-Ohio State game. And this is you know, number two versus three, and I know the committee wants it like that. It, it helps with the ratings when you see uh, the game two versus three. But it's, I mean, if Ohio State wins, we're going to have a lot of controversy probably coming up in the next couple of weeks. If Michigan wins, there's no controversy anymore. One Big Ten team gets in, that's it. Michigan is your Big Ten champion, most likely if they win that game. But I don't see Michigan's offense going in to Ohio State being able to put up enough points to beat Ohio State. I'm sorry. I think Ohio State's been sandbagging a little bit, keeping things tight. You know, sometimes you play to your competition. You don't want to give things away. Urban Meyer will beat Jim Harbaugh. And I know Jim Harbaugh is a hot topic around the country, how he's going to beat Saban, how he's going to take over college football. Well, to do that, my friend, you've got to win your own conference and division first, beating Urban Meyer. And this year, Jonathan, I'm going to take Urban Meyer and Ohio State. I like the quarterback play better. I like the athletes on the field better, and they're at home. I'm laying the six and a half in this game. Yeah, I got Michigan winning this game. Um, look, you got the number one defense in Michigan in college football, statistically speaking. Okay, uh, it's actually a pretty close debate between Michigan and Alabama, and then it's not even close for third. 
Um, Ohio State's hitting at number seven. Um, Michigan's got the number two rushing defense, number one passing defense. JT Barrett has not been very good uh, through the air this year. Uh, they're actually outside the top 50 in passing, number two uh, rushing, whereas Michigan has been um, very good running the football this year, as well as they've been, as far as throwing the ball goes, they've been efficient. It's not something they've been banking on, whereas Ohio State hasn't even been efficient. JT Barrett has been a mess this year. I Honestly, I think the quarterback position is a wash. Uh, I think Michigan will be able to neutralize Barrett's legs. Uh, I like uh, what Michigan has been at running back and Davion Smith and what Ohio State has going on. Um, I like Michigan's receivers and tight ends better than I like Ohio State. Because Ohio State doesn't utilize skill positions all that well. It's really been run JT Barrett 20 times and then hope he hits a couple big throws. And that's not something you can hope for. I mean, Jordan Lewis and, uh, and Strickland have been phenomenal uh, corners this year. Uh, I think at least one of them is going to get picked. Uh, maybe even a pick six. I can really swing the momentum in this game. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be a, a slugfest. I think Michigan wins outright. Uh, their defense loves playing these uh, spread offense types. Iowa was able to beat Michigan, and what they did was they played physical head-up football with them. Ohio State's not going to play physical head-up football with them. That's just not what they oh. do. Um, you know, This is Ohio State team that we saw struggle with Northwestern. We saw them struggle with Indiana. We saw them lose to Penn State, and all three of them have been running physical defenses this year. And Michigan's got more talent defensively than any of those teams. Um, I think Jabril Pepper's going to have a good game. This is a game where he could actually vault himself into um, the Heisman conversation as the runner-up in voting, in all honesty, kind of like Manti Teo did. I, um, I think Michigan, in all honesty, is the better team. I do, especially if Spate plays. Because there's room, there, there's the word out there that State's going to play, and he's been a very good, efficient quarterback this year. You know, I know Ohio State's got a great secondary, but I'll tell you what, number one defense in the country, um, it's hard to pick against that. It's hard for me to say Michigan's the best defense in the country looking at the offenses they played. I mean, they they just haven't, and that's saying it with Florida too, they haven't played the most potent offenses in the world. But, yeah, people want to jump on that defense. But Arkansas blew them out when they played them. Let's bring on Jason and Sonia, and let's see what they think about this Big Ten matchup. Welcome to the show, guys. Big game, the game, they call it. They call it the game, right? I don't call it the game, but I call the Iron Bowl the game. But up north, they call this the game. It's the game. What's up, Tyron? It's the game. So how are y'all doing? We're doing good. Ready for football. It's rivalry week. It's hate week. And, uh, I mean, this game right here, I mean, I, I can't I can't envision Ohio State losing this game at home to Jim Harbaugh. I think Michigan's a good team, but I don't think they're great. I don't think Ohio State's great, Jason. But I think Ohio State's got enough to win this game at home. What do you think, being the Big Ten man up there, who's, who's going to win this game and, and – by how much? Yeah, I'm going to take JT Barrett. <clears throat> um, I kind of agree, Tarvin. I mean, Michigan's defense hasn't really played any outstanding offenses, so it's kind of skewed. Yep. Um, but if Michigan doesn't have their starting quarterback, JT Barrett threw, threw 24 touchdowns, so he can throw it. 
just struggled. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ohio State's going to struggle at all with Michigan. Not at all. It'll be close in the first half, but Michigan ain't going to play all four quarters. Plus, just an away game for them. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, taking I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see this matchup of coaches, Harbaugh and Urban Meyer, and just, just by the track record. From what I see, Urban Meyer is a better coach because he's been doing it longer in college. And it's just like he, you know, this is Harbaugh's second year. Yes, he's a great NFL coach and everything. But I just, I'm with you, Jason. I don't think they have the quarterback at Michigan right right now. Here's what you got to look at, too, is um, depth. Urban's deeper, you know. So, like I said, come that third and fourth quarter, we'll see. But Michigan is probably another year or two away from legitimate depth, you know. So Sonny Sonny Clark's picking Sonny Clark's picking Ohio State by a touchdown, and he's a Michigan fan. So he's a he's oh. an amazing blue guy. He's an amazing blue guy. He just sent me a message. He's listening. He can't he can't talk right now. But oh, uh, tell him tell him hello. And I didn't know he was a Michigan fan. Don't get me yeah, wrong. He's a Michigan man. Michigan. Don't get me wrong. I'm pulling for Michigan, Tarvin. I, I'm going to pull for the lesser of two evils. <laughs> but, no, Ohio State's going to win by at least ten. At least ten. Fine, do you agree? I, I always follow my Big Ten hubbies uh, <laughs> since he's an expert. Uh, I would have to agree. I definitely want Michigan to win, <clears throat> mainly because I, aside from a handful of Ohio State fans that are actual Buckeyes, I can't stand Bucknuts. And the fact that, to me, they're just they're so overrated. I'm just so sick of hearing how great they are and how great the Big Ten is when it's not that great. They're just like everybody else. But my biggest problem with Ohio State is the fact that they've struggled. They haven't dominated anyone except for cupcakes that they were supposed to dominate. All of their games have come down to the wire or to, to dumb luck, basically. So I really don't. I mean, they definitely can show up. It's not like they can't show up, and they probably will for Michigan. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with Jace. But I hope I'm going to just say hopefully that uh, Michigan can surprise us and, and step up and do something and shock the world. That's, it would be that's great. That's gonna cause a lot race. of confusion. If, if Ohio oh, yeah, State wins, we're gonna have a lot of controversy. A lot yeah, of controversy. if they lose, Ohio State were to lose and Michigan were to win. It would just it would just shake up the rankings, so that would be fun. Yeah, I, I still, Jason, looking at Ohio State at number two, I'm still not sold why they're number two right now. But looking uh, at, I, you know, I think, you know, it's like we talked earlier, Tarvin. I think it's because the the committee knows that tomorrow will knock one of those teams out. Whoever loses tomorrow. Between Ohio State and Michigan, one is dropping to five. Yep. They're only going to keep one of those teams. You know, and then and then it's a question of, you know, Penn State or Washington. Both are going to probably win their conference titles, and it'll come down to record, and Washington will get in, and there won't be two Big Ten teams in the playoff, period. Holy crap. I think we have Rick on the line. Rick, if you're on, if that's your number, and I can't forget that number, there you go. Press number one, please. Who is Rick? Get in and talk Michigan. The Michigan fan. 
Oh, God. Oh, man. Hold on just a second. All right. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Doing well, man. How are you man, guys? You sure, you sure do have a you sure do have a country accent to be a Michigan fan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I got, what's going on, man? I got that last time because uh, a lot of these idiots right here can't realize that you can be from uh, you can be from a southern state and attend a university anywhere in the country. So uh, I am a Michigan alumnus and uh, proud of it. So what do you think All about right, this game? For- the game. I mean. What, what do you think? Michigan's chances to beat Ohio State? What do you think their chances are to make the playoffs? I like our chances a lot. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game, but uh, I think that, uh, you know, Harbaugh's got these guys headed in the right direction, and uh, I think it's our time. Uh, so, looking forward to that game. And, uh, you know, but overall, I mean, you look at the – the uh, not just that matchup, but just the depth of the Big Ten uh, this year and uh, – as I made the case last time I was on, I think it's I think it's pretty undeniable at this point that the uh, Big Ten is the deepest conference in the country, and uh, I think the fact that we have so many teams ranked in the top ten uh, proves that point. Well, it, well, it didn't prove it the last time when we when the SEC had four teams in the top ten. You didn't seem to think <laughs> that mattered. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, at this point, the SECs are one trick pony, and it's Alabama, and uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's it's Alabama and and the uh, oh, well, yeah, whatever, man. So, uh, oh, God, <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. So, but uh, so Bama, you know, Bama, I, Michigan. I think, well, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that game, Bama, Michigan? If they play well, that I think game, it, I, I think it would be. I, I think the, I think it'll be a defensive game if if that, if that were to happen. Um, I think that uh, it's tough to say at this point. I mean, it'd be two great defenses, two great coaches. Um, of course, I, of course, I give the coaching matchup to, to Harbaugh uh, over Saban because he's done it at both levels. But uh, it'll be a good game, man. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. I think Alabama is going to have their hands full this weekend, uh, more so than they think with Auburn uh, actually 42, playing a team that actually has the defense. Forty-two, fourteen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just said forty-two, fourteen. That's all. Continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. Go ahead. Continue. Never mind. No, I was just saying that I think Alabama is going to have their hands full this weekend. I think it's going to be uh, uh, a game that could come down to defense and special teams. And I think when you look at special teams, you kind of have to give the edge to Auburn. It could be a game where they it's just a field goal. And uh, uh, we all know that Alabama's field goal uh, uh, kicker is a little bit of a head case, So. <laughs> Uh, you know, if Auburn gets the run game going and can get the play action going, uh, I, I think Alabama – I think they got exposed a little bit against LSU uh, offensively. Um, I think oh. if you can really kind of focus on Jalen Hurts um, and, and take him away, I wish I think uh, with the exception of a couple of plays, I think LSU was able to do. I think this is anybody's game. So, uh, well, I don't think either game, you know, this right. week or even next weekend against Florida is going to be a cakewalk for them. I think they're going to struggle with – with elite, uh, the elite defenses of those two teams, and and we'll see. I think it's going to be exciting coming down the stretch. Yeah, I do too. Hey, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this: how Saban offered, you know, Carlson's at Auburn, right? He had a choice. Uh-huh. He had a chance to get Carlson or Griffith, the guy you have, and he chose Griffith over Carlson. That's not looking too good. Is it? Not looking too good at all, my friend. I bet he was to redo that one. 
I appreciate you calling in, man. Hi, my friend. Go Big Blue. All right. That's Rick, the Michigan man. He seems confident, guys, in his <laughs> Michigan Wolverines this weekend. Mm-hmm. You mean the Michigan Wolverines that haven't done anything since Harbaugh's been there? They haven't. They've choked away a couple games. That's what I'm saying. That's, so. that's all we're good for. They're choking. That's they right. Choke, I'm like, choke when, when, I see a, when I see a conference championship or them in the final four, then I'll pay Michigan some attention and give Harbaugh all that. But right now he's the highest paid, overrated coach that hasn't produced anything. So, anyway, moving on. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the Iron Bowl, the, the one that matters. And just to update some people out there on some injuries, I know you're excited. I have a lot of Auburn people listening to this show, too, as well as Alabama. But Petley is going to play. And, and, and remember, when, when a coach tells you a guy's he's back, he's going to play. That doesn't mean he's 100%. That doesn't mean he's going to start. That doesn't mean he's going to play more than one play. And I've learned that over the years of listening to this coach talk. But from the sources that I hear from that are pretty close to the program, he's going to play, and he's probably at about 80%. And 80% is better than 0%. So, give him in there. Let him get a couple, two or three yards when we need it. Uh, as far as the quarterback position goes, the situation, I won't know until later tonight about Sean White, whether he's going to be the starter or not. They're testing his arm to see if he has any accuracy whatsoever after one good day of practice. So, if it's sore, if it's stoved up on him, he may be in there for situational downs, maybe a third and 15 or something. I don't know what, what they're going to do with him. But that's the thing about this game. It's kind of hard to predict it when you don't know who's going to be playing the quarterback position. But I can tell you that Auburn doesn't have an elite quarterback out of the three. So that's one thing you can look at when you look at this game. It's about the quarterback. When you look in the past years of Alabama's losses, all of them, it's been to usually a dynamic quarterback that can run and throw. And I don't know if unless Franklin all of a sudden decided that he can throw the ball real good and run together, it's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to predict it, Sonia. It's just it's hard to predict unless you know who that quarterback's going to be. But especially if he's not elite, it kind of makes it a wash in a way. It really doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It matters how your defense plays and if you can run the football. And that's something exactly. that Alabama doesn't allow. You got that D stepping up. The one thing about um, uh, Jeremy, and we were, when we were talking earlier, um, you know, you brought up this point, and it's a, a great point. The one thing about Jeremy is he's been in in the Iron Bowl before. He's played against Alabama. He's, you know, been in that situation before, and he is able. He's, you know, b- because of his size and his build, he's able a lot more to handle those hits mm-hmm. more than Sean White. And I would hope, uh, as you said before, or like I said earlier today when we talked, that they would not risk putting Sean in just to get a win, you know, or just to try to beat us to, to risk further injury to him. Because well, he's, he's produced for you guys, but it makes no sense to send him out there. If Jeremy can, can you know, step in and manage the game, do what he needs to do, should be no problem for him. But, of course, you know, I'm going to be a group. It should be a it should be a hard hitting game. Lacey, welcome to the show. I know you're gonna give me a war eagle, right? <laughs> well, well, well. What's up, ladies? War eagle, Tarvin. How are you? How are I'm you, Tanya? How are you, Jason? Hey, Lacey. How are you? Doing well. 
I'm doing good, doing good. Looking forward to the game well, this weekend, it's right? Finally, it's finally here. God, yeah. I don't know if I'm all excited like y'all are. <laughs> well, I'm excited anytime that I can watch an Iron Bowl. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, the point spreads, it is what it is. Alabama has beaten everybody this year, and it's really, even that LSU game wasn't close. Let's talk about this point spread for a second. 17 and a half points. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I get that. I I don't know. You think it's too high or you think it's too low? I think it's it's too high. I mean, I don't know. know Well, I'll tell you this, and this is what I – I talked to someone that talked to someone that makes these lines and they do it. And the thing is, they're putting these spreads with Alabama involved as high as they can, and they're still getting action on Alabama. And that's that's the thing is, even with A and M, they didn't want to put that line at 19, but they had no choice because of the action coming in on Bama. So they're trying to put it to where where both, you know, Auburn gets some action in Alabama. But here's the key, something I looked at. They opened it up at about 18. It jumped to mm-hmm. 20. They allow about 1,000 people a chance to bet $1,000 on the game. And most of the action came in on Alabama that drove it up to 20. There's some several million-dollar bets that came in on Auburn that lowered that, that point spread down to 17. So it, it is what it is. A 17-point game is about where I put it at. That, that's about where it should be. Honestly, based off of the the number of the amount of points spread Alabama's covered this year, I mean they beat the dog shit out of teams. I mean, do you bad. think it'll go down whenever they like if if they say that Sean White is a hundred percent gonna play? It may go up <laughs> if they hear that. Think so? I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think seventeen is about right. I think I think it'd be different if it'd be different if it was a Nick Marshall type quarterback we're waiting to hear about. But whether Jeremy Johnson plays, whether Sean White plays, that's more of a a game manager role anyway, just to try mm-hmm. to do it. Now John Franklin is a different story. If he can hit some passes, you know, you never know. But I think the line's about where it's going to stay. I think seventeen. It may go up to seventeen and a half, eighteen. It may drop down to fifty. But it doesn't really matter. If you look at Vegas, they these these bigger lines they're having to they're forced to put out. And I'll tell you this: I remember, and Sonia, and you remember, it's probably back in two thousand two thousand one. Auburn had their top three running backs out of the game in Birmingham, I think yep. it was, and they were only at twelve. That was the biggest point spread to that date. Was like twelve and a half, and that was a huge point spread. But now with the points being scored in these games now the way offenses can score, 17 is not much. If that game was in Auburn, it would be a 10-point spread lead. That's what it would be. That's true. You're right. That's true. But it's you know, not. The injuries and everything, I think that's the reason they're looking at it because, you know, Jeremy compared to Sean is a totally, totally different animal. And then with mm-hmm. um, his injuries, I think that's the reason. Because one, one thing I have to say and and Bama fans, I don't care if you get upset or whatever, but this is a personal friend of ours, so we're rooting for him. But we are so proud of Carl Lawson. Uh, also, his nickname is Woody. He is the son of um, our good friends, Mean Gregory Gregory Clark and his stepfather Shane Clark. So it's it's good 
I hope he has a great game. <laughs> you know, I hope you guys lose, of course. But I hope he has a great <laughs> game. But it's really, it's really great to see him be healthy the full season and what he's been able to contribute to, to the defense. So that's going to be fun to watch. Is that defense yeah, led by think, him? It's ours. And I think one thing that I looked at, and I've been saying it for weeks, and I may be dead wrong, and there's a good chance Sunday night I may be telling you I'm wrong, but I don't think Alabama's offensive line is as good as it has been in years past. And I think Auburn has an opportunity to get in there and rattle the quarterback maybe to to do something on defense, where in years past Auburn didn't have a defense to play with Alabama. It's, we, we have to put up 30 or you're mm-hmm. not going to win the game kind of thing. But I think if you look at it, Sonia, and you may agree, looking at Auburn's, Alabama's offensive line this year, it's not what it used to be. They don't have that power rushing attack from the, the running back position, but yet they have to do it now with a quarterback which is even good, too. I mean, that's good as well. But I just think the offensive line, besides Cam Robinson, I think they're deemed up. I think there's some opportunity there for Auburn's defense if they're aggressive against Alabama. If they come in there being passive, they, they, could get, they could get in trouble early. But I think if they're aggressive, they have a chance to win. That's definitely true as far as, as, far as the O-line. The number one thing is they're all young. That's number one. We've got a lot of young players, but we also, for the first time, have a truly, truly – dual quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And he is so big. I mean, this kid can bench press more than anybody on the team. Uh, my only concern with him, and, and, you know, he is a freshman, so it's, he's having a great freshman season. But he's got his, his, mm-hmm. to hold on to the ball. He's uh, had a couple of fumbles in each game, and, and thank God that the, those fumbles have not turned into scoring opportunities for the, the opposing side. But I think it's a – the injuries, of course, and then I think it's the the youth. But I also have to turn around and I look at some of our key players who are going to be in, like, our Darius Stewart. You know, between him and Calvin Ridley, it's almost like one. You know, and then you've got guys that are stepping up. You've got uh, J.J., he's stepping up. Um, I just think it's going to be if 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 Auburn prepares and takes advantage of any slip-ups that, that our O-line makes, of course, but at the same time, you got to understand, this is Saban, this is Kiffin, the Iron Bowl. They're also going to be prepared for that. Because <laughs> besides uh-huh. uh, LSU, I think Auburn will be the, the toughest D that Bama's faced this season, you know, besides LSU. And I think that they're going to be trying to, you know, they're going to be tweaking that and making sure that they don't present those opportunities for AU's defense. But at the same time, it's the Iron Bowl. Anything can happen. And that's one reason why it's like, I don't care what the record is. When it comes to this game, both teams bring their best. So unless you got like a, a team full of freshmen <laughs> on one side who, you know, who've never seen a rep, this is their first time, you really can't call it because you just never know. I mean, look at what happened in 2014. Yeah. Yep, you're right, Sonia. And Lacey, what do you think about Auburn's offensive line up against that defensive line of Alabama's. What are they going to have to do to to make sure they protect the football and they're able to score? I, I'm from the school of you have to run between the tackles against Alabama, throw over the top, but it's easier said than done. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm with you. That and a lot of praying. Praying would help. Um, <laughs> I mean, but there's some big boys. Um, I have a question. Uh, I saw Reuben Foster got hurt Saturday. And is he a hundred percent? You said Reuben Foster? No, I'm, yeah, he came back in. 
He's got a club on his hand, but he's had it for a week. So yeah, he just he kind of dinged up that, that thumb that was giving him problems, but he was fine. He came back in and he who finished. Was, who was the other starter that got hurt on y'all's defense? Jared oh, Allen. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you talking about – Jared, um, Jared Allen got – or Allen, is that his name? That's it. That's yeah, it. him and – um. Oh, God, why is my mind drawing a blank right now? I know – I know Eddie Eddie Jackson's out for the year. We know that, so he's not. Yeah, Eddie's out. They pulled him just from precautionary. Yeah, like they said, they pulled him from precautionary, and then like our Darius, he didn't get any reps then, but it was against Chattanooga. So, I think that's what what they were doing at that point. Where okay, drop it off here. It's going to change the rate. Yeah, the rate is different. (laughs) What the hell? Who is that? (laughs) What the? Wait. What? Wait. Tarvin, do you world? have somebody, somebody on the show that we all know? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a ghost guest? Uh, hold on that. Hold on that. That was, that was Nick Saban. Oh. About <laughs> the rate. He's trying to. He's trying to bet on the game right now. He's, he's looking at the show. I guarantee you, Harbaugh's listening. But I mean, this is gonna be a. Of a fun game, I think, and and there's nothing. I wish Auburn had beaten Georgia. I think it would have made it a little more special with this winner going to to Atlanta. But there's still a lot for Auburn to play for in this game, so they're not going to come in and just roll over and just let let Alabama win. But I want to see the matchup. I want to see is what does Gus Malzahn do different than he has in other Iron Bowls to be able to move oh. the ball? Because last year he could, he couldn't move it. And, um, you know, when we have elite quarterbacks, in 2013 we ran for 300 yards. Cam Newton in 2010 had a big second half. What is he going to do? We're going to find out how good Gus Malzahn is as a coach this week of how he's able to utilize the strengths of his quarterback that he plays to be able to move the ball. Because the key, more than points almost in this game, to me is first downs. You have to get Mm -hmm. first downs against Alabama. If Auburn crosses the 50, they're in field goal range. So that's one good positive that comes out of it. They're in field goal range about the 45. So just get there and kick a field goal and play defense. I agree. I think special teams are going to really – I mean, if Auburn does win, I think it will be because of special teams and our defense. That's what I think. But what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's why we we sit over here and we guess. You know, we're fans. We we yeah. always look for the exactly. we, we always look for the the bright spot. You know, what what can we mm-hmm. see? And and uh, is, is Auburn? <laughs> I see Auburn running down the field, moving it on Bama. But then all of a sudden, the first quarter happens, and if they don't, you're like, crap. Here we are again. You know. <laughs> so it's all about the it's all about the first quarter for Auburn. It, it really is. If they if they're in the game in the first quarter on the road, they would withstand a storm. Say Alabama comes out and scores first, and Auburn can match it with a field goal or a touchdown. I think they they're in it to play. But if they go out fourteen to nothing, it's over. I mean, it's it's one of those I games. Think. I don't know if it'll get. I don't think it'll get too out of hand. Uh, but I, I still think that the defense can only hold up a certain amount. And if that offense is not not being able to put up some points. The defense is not going to last. You could be looking at the A and M game all over again, where we couldn't move uh-huh. the ball. And eventually the defense wore down in the fourth quarter. But 
prediction time. Sonia and Jason, I guess y'all are picking Alabama, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and we're hoping that um no no offense or or nothing permanent, but hopefully Montre Montrevious has a uh like a hangnail or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't want I him to have a serious be. injury, but something something that kind of keeps him, you know, not focused. Well, come on, Sean Watson having a nightmare. Great game. Of course, I'm picking Bama. Sean Watson having nightmares, Sonia, about that guy telling about Tim. Uh, what's his name? Tim. What's the guy's name? The linebacker for Bama. Tim Williams. That's right. Tim Williams. Yeah. I finally got it right. <laughs> that, that guy's a. That guy's probably the best player on the defense. Nobody talks about as much, but that guy can can bring it. So y'all are picking Bama, Lacey. Who are you gonna pick in this one? Lacey's like, dude. <laughs> I've got 27 to 24 Auburn. That's good. That's a low score. That's the kind of game they can win. If it gets – Yeah. They're not going to beat Alabama 42 to something, you know. So, I'm thinking if Auburn wins the game, it's going to be like 23 to 20. I think it's going to yeah. be that, that kind of – has score. to be that kind of game. Yes. If, if it's a high-scoring game, Alabama wins big. <laughs> and that well, we talked. You know, we had this talk about the the wonderful basketball scores of the Big Twelve and the Pack, and mm-hmm. how they have. It's like, okay, guys, you know, there's two parts to winning a football game. There's two goals. One is scoring more points than your opponent, and the other <laughs> is stopping them from scoring points. So it's so funny to hear people outside of the SEC or or outside of some teams of the or some fans of Big Ten teams. Talk about uh, the LSU Bama game like it was some sort of struggle, you know, like it was some sort. Of, it's like no, what you saw was a battle of two great defenses, mind the team. You've got two great defenses, and their whole goal—they did their job. That is their job is to stop the other team from scoring. And when you've got a team, a defense like LSU that can hang like that with Bama, and the second best defense that we'll probably face is going to be you guys with Montrevious and and Woody. I think we're going to see, you know, that same thing. It just really depends on, again, uh, kind of like what you said, Tarvin, what Gus brings to the table this time. And the one thing about Gus is, like, he <laughs> it's so funny. It's like every time you think that he's got it figured out, you turn around and they have that game that you're kind of like, okay, wait a minute. I'm not really rooting for Auburn, but y'all should have won that game. You know, mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. hope it's a game like Torture. that tomorrow. <laughs> Don't get me started on that Georgia well, game. Yeah, I'm still bitter about the Georgia game. But if that, that Auburn team shows up that's played against Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, it's going to be a great football game. If that team shows up that played against Georgia, we'll be watching another rivalry game about 4 o'clock. Because <laughs> it, it, you got to be able to move the football against Alabama. Not necessarily get points every time, but you have to get first down. <clears throat> You have to be able. Yeah, you guys to have do to it, depend on the know, running game. Yeah, you know, over just like the us. Top is the way you know, at least we got that quarterback that we're trying to get there. We can get it more accurate. But yeah. yeah. Over, <laughs> over I the love top, the beat Alabama guys, and and it's easier said than done. The offensive line is going to have to really block. But the biggest get back for Auburn, the the player, is is their fullback Chandler Cox this week. If if he was out, it was going to be sad for me, but Chandler Cox yeah. is a great enough blocker to where he can hopefully neutralize that pass rush just a little bit. 
But John Franklin the third is the quarterback that can neutralize it. But the thing is, is he big enough to withstand the hit? And can he throw the ball accurately downfield? But Sonia and Jason, thank y'all for coming. Lacey, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you. War Eagle, and I know Sonia and them's going to say roll tide. So, Jonathan, just looking at the Iron Bowl from your perspective, what do you think is going to happen in this game? And we have a lot of callers in queue right now. If you want in, press number one. We'll get you in. I see a couple of Georgia callers, 770 in. If you want in, press number one on your phone. We'll let you in. Jonathan, what do you think about the Iron Bowl? Well, I mean, you're talking about two top ten defenses in Auburn and Alabama. Um, and personally, from what I've seen this year, I think Auburn uh, has a better defense. Um, I think Bama might have some better players, if you will. Like Tim Williams has been a terror. Uh, people want to talk about Jonathan Allen because he's got two touchdowns. It's like, well, Tim Williams is the one who opens it up for everybody else on that front seven. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the secondary is very good, uh, led by uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at the offense, they don't have a bell cow back this year. Um, you know, Bo Scarborough is very talented, but he really hasn't been that Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram kind of guy where you can go, all right, we're going to give it to you 25, 30 times, and you're going to carry this. They've had to rely on uh, Jalen Hurts' running ability, and he's been excellent at it, but like Sonny said, he's a little inconsistent with uh, his accuracy. Uh, I think Auburn can take advantage of that at times. Look, I think this is going to be just like the LSU game um, for both schools in all reality, um, where it's going to be tight. It's going to be low scoring. Um, you know, I, I obviously I like Auburn plus 17 and a half. I think that's, I think that's too many points. Um, you know, but Auburn's got to be able to run the ball. And that's where we can pass midfield. If you learned any, anything from LSU, when you're gifted great field position, turn it into points. Don't 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 go three and out on their 35 and get mm-hmm. nothing. Like you can't do that. Um, you know. And so I'll well, hold off, Jonathan, on your prediction. Hold off on your prediction real quick, uh, Sonny. I saw you in there. If you're ready, press number one twice. So I'll know that that you're ready. You weren't ready last time. Let's bring on the 770 number here. You're on Way in Sports. Welcome to the show. Are you an Auburn or an Alabama fan? Uh, I'm kind of neutral. Neutral? You can't be neutral. Just like the Bible says, they'll spew you, Jesus will spew you out of his mouth. You can't do that. <laughs> well, I have family associated with Tech and uh, Georgia State or whatever, but I guess if I had to choose between the two, I think I'd lean a little bit toward Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn's got a big day for them coming up Saturday. I just have a good feeling about it. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. This is Jim from Lilburn. Okay. Jim from Lilburn, Georgia. Okay. I saw that seven seven zero. I knew you weren't a Georgia Bulldog fan. Georgia Bulldog fans don't call in this show, so uh, I knew you had to be <laughs> Auburn or Alabama. And I know Sonya and Jason was just on their seven seven zero area code too. They're they're Bama fans as well. But so you think Auburn has something in store for them? What do you mean by that? Just uh, defensively, offensively? Well, I think that. Uh... I think you got some people fighting for their professional lives. I think that, and I think you've got a bunch of kids that are embarrassed by what they did against Georgia. I think that's what uh, I think that's what will bring the best out this come Saturday. 
I think Bama is uh, – they definitely should be a heavy favorite. I don't know if they ought to be 17 and a half, but uh, considering that Auburn, most points they've given up all year have been 29. Uh, I disagree with one thing you said earlier. Uh, you said if we get down 14 to nothing, uh, it's over. We'll be watching something else. Well, I guess probably, and I know everybody here, you probably talked about it. I didn't hear it. I wasn't listening in earlier, but I guess you've probably gone back to the 24 nothing in 2010 when Coleman <laughs> came back and beat Bama 28-27. I guess y'all discussed that, but I can see something like that happening. I think if uh, I think if Auburn, you think Auburn has a quarterback they can do, to do that? anything? Well, it, I don't know that Sean White can do that. And uh, it, I, I don't know. Have you heard anything about the quarterback situation down there yet? Is he playing or is he not? I, I heard. I heard they're just testing to see if if his arm, his shoulder will hold up and and not give out on him or tighten up of where he's in pain. I heard he practiced well yesterday, and they're waiting one more night to see if he can do it two days in a row. But Sean White was a part of this, you know, when Auburn hit that streak of winning all those games in a row and the offense getting 600 yards a game, he was a part of it. But the difference was he was healthy. A healthy Sean White in this game right. could be could be very good for Auburn right now. I'm still not sure on Franklin, though, if, if he's ready for this Iron Bowl, especially it being in Tuscaloosa, what do you think about Franklin's play in this game? I think that he'll get in some. I think that the uh, if Sean White's not ready to go, I really think Auburn has but one choice, and that's to put Jeremy Johnson in there. I uh, I think Jeremy, with all of the talent that he has, and nobody can discount the talent he has, I mean, as far as the arm, the speed, and whatever, but uh, somehow, I just think that the offensive scheme that Auburn had in with him last year, something just didn't click for him. And uh, Uh I think that's a mental, mental setback for the kid, but I tell you what, he is geared, from what I hear, he is geared if he starts I think he's going to have one of the best games he's ever had in his life if he can start. Yeah, so so let's just say, let's let's pretend here. Uh, Carlson's coming back for a senior year, I heard. He's going to break West Byram's scoring record. But let's pretend Auburn beats Alabama Saturday. Does that put fear into Alabama fans about the Florida game? Because I think if they lose to Auburn and win the Florida game, they're in the playoff. But if they lose both of them, they're out. So how much fear and panic sets into a freshman quarterback if Auburn somehow pulled the unthinkable off and won that game in Tuscaloosa? How much pressure would this freshman be under in the Florida game? Uh, Well, I I think probably he'd have nightmares for about seven days in a row, I would think. But (laughs) I don't think Florida, as good a defense as they have, I don't think they have the defense Auburn has. Now, uh, you can go back and you can – take the goal line stand with LSU and uh, uh, Florida this past weekend, I think I think uh, LSU offensive coordinators, I think they went to sleep about halfway through the third quarter. Uh, there's no way in the world they shouldn't have scored on one of those drives down there. Florida shouldn't – Florida should not be in this game. I think maybe Tennessee ought to be. Yeah. But, 
I mean, yeah, they are. They were in. They punished. Got to give them their due. But I, I just think LSU blew the game. I'm not sure Florida won it. Well, I was going to tell you real quick before we before we let you go. The reason the line. This is what I've been told about the point spreads all year. They've been putting these Bama point spreads. They've been putting them up high just to see, and people are still betting Bama. You could put this Auburn line at 21 and a half, and people that bet Bama will still bet Bama. So they, they have to put it at a place where they can get action both ways. And right now at 7, I'm surprised it came down all the way from 20 to 17, and I think maybe that's to do with, do with Petway playing. I don't know. But I, I just think these Iron Bowls are so fun. Real quick before you go, Give me your greatest Iron Bowl moment that you remember. My greatest Iron Bowl moment was uh, yeah, watching Auburn beat Alabama 40 to nothing. Oh, 1957. Okay. <laughs> 57. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I wasn't born. <laughs> well, uh, so I, I went there. I, I grew up uh, – uh, of course, I live in Georgia now, but I grew up in Alabama. I grew up a big Bama fan, like everybody in our neighborhood. But I think uh, somehow, I think just during the 50s, Auburn was the team there. And uh, 1957, Red Phillips was part of that team. Uh, anyhow, Auburn, you know, they won the national championship that year. And I think that won a lot of kids in Alabama, in the state of Alabama over to Auburn. And uh I guess that's one of my favorite moments was uh, being able to have seen that game. Well, thank you for the call, and and I hope you're right on your prediction. Give me a score. Uh, I think we're – I think probably Alabama will give up as as many points as they have other than maybe the Ole Miss game or something like that. But uh, I think – I think Auburn can win the game, but I I think it, uh, it's not going to be a real tight game. If Auburn wins, I think they'll win seven to ten points. If uh, Bama wins, they can win anywhere from uh, field goal to 30 points. It just depends on what Auburn's yeah. offense can do. Well, and, all right, uh, Jim, but if thank you. I'm the eternal optimist. I hope and pray that Auburn can win the game, but uh, who knows? Uh, uh, it's got to be played. That's reason you. That's reason you show up and buckle up the chin strap so you can determine it between the lines. Well, I appreciate you calling. I've been praying extra and going to church more, so hopefully that'll that'll pay dividends this Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Now we're going to move to Georgia. I think we have a Michigan fan on the show here. Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. So I'm, I'm sure you're pumped up right now. I mean, there's just just like the Iron Bowl, we hate each other. I'm sure you don't like Ohio State fans, from what I gather, right? Uh, I I drive around Ohio, driving home to Michigan. If that tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. Uh, I mean, is it excitement knowing that? I mean, Michigan a couple years ago wasn't really playing up to up to where they are now, but the last two years, Harbaugh's really change this program and I think they believe they can beat anybody so give me your thoughts on this game well they, they say defense wins championships I guess uh, that that saying will be put to the test Saturday so 
you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Ohio State's had her number, what, 11 out of the last 12 years. So, <laughs> tall task, but I think we're up for it this year. Well, I will be pulling for Michigan. There's no doubt about it. Just like Jason said earlier, I'll be I'll be pulling for Michigan in this game. And, and uh, do you think if Ohio State wins, do you think if they win, do you think they deserve to be in the playoff over, uh, say, Penn State won the Big Ten? Do you think they deserve to be in over them? Uh, no way. I don't think any two-loss team should be in the playoffs. Hey, I'm sorry about the weekend, I I'm not going to so what what are you getting to eat there? You at McDonald's? Hello, Brett. I think we just lost Brett. Brett Brett's like, the hell with this, we need to eat some food right now. So Brett, are you still on? <laughs> All right, we lost Brett right there. Um Sonny's a Michigan fan. Sonny. Sonny, are you ready to talk, well, or are you sure having conversations elsewhere? Okay, I'm going to. Man, that's crazy, Jonathan. What what the hell, Sonny, doing in there? <laughs> I like Jim from Wilbur, man. I like that confidence, man. That that confidence in Auburn, man. That's why it's, that's point spread seventeen. You'd think it was two and a half right now, and that's what fires me up about this rivalry is. The only time that I thought Auburn never had a shot to win was 2000. What was it 2012 when we were going into the game three and eight, 0 and seven in the SEC. I remember Tino coming on the show saying Auburn was going to pull the upset. And my words were mm-hmm. Auburn's not even going to score. And that's the only time I've never felt confident about any Iron Bowl. But I think we got Brett back on. No, we don't. We don't have Brett back on. We lost him, but. I think this game could go either way. I do. I think court. I think the the core of this Auburn team that people aren't going to talk about is the linebacker position. I think Auburn's better than they have been in years past at, at linebacker. They're not Alabama, but they are playing so much more better, Jonathan, at the linebacker position. I don't think people talk about it much, but that's a big part of of why I think this defense is better than LSU's. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, you see, your linebackers don't get a lot of attention if your defensive line does its job. Because people are looking at how the D-line made it easy for the linebackers to make plays, right? And Auburn's D-line is very talented, has done a very good job this year, and it's allowed the linebackers to kind of have an easier job than usual. Uh, but there's no doubt uh, when your defense is this good, you need all 11 parts. And um, especially in the front seven, when you're as good against the run as Auburn is, you know you you need every, you need you know your front seven guys to step up. Uh, you know, so it's you know Auburn's greatest weakness on defense. And uh, I'm looking at the SMT numbers. I like them a lot more from Football Outsiders. Like their their weakness is against the passing game. It's, it's in the secondary, and that that job is what I've seen. That does. I think uh, Auburn's front seven is better than secondary. If you're going to get after Auburn, you're going to have to do it through the air, and you're going to have to be really good and efficient at it. Um, I don't think Alabama's offensive line is good enough to give Hurts the time. I honestly don't think Hurts is, you know, it's like Sonny said, he's inconsistent passer. So I think Auburn can get out of this. I want Auburn to win. I got Auburn plus 18 or 18 and a half. I'd have to look. Um, and, and with that being said, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm going to predict Auburn wins this game uh, just because I look like a terrible person. And if I said I want them to win, I thought they were going to lose. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take the Tigers to win this game uh, 16 right. to 13. I'll take it, man. I'll take three to two. I think we have Brett back on. Brett, you back? Hey, yes, sir. Sorry about that. Cell phones, all right. You gotta eat. You gotta eat, don't you? You have to eat. I think yeah. you're ordering some food. I want. I'm hungry. Yeah, that, I was at McDonald's? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Okay. Oh, see, that's the best place to go. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. So, 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 tell yep. me, Brent, what does Michigan have to do to win this game Saturday on the road? Uh, how, how's the quarterback situation looking there as well? What's the update on your well, starter? Well, I, I got, I got a theory about that quarterback situation. Uh, I, I know people are listening are going to think I'm nuts, but um, I don't know if you guys saw the last game where I think he threw five times for 50 yards and they ran the ball all game against Indiana. I, I think that mm-hmm. was part of the genius of Harbaugh by not letting no corn throw so Ohio State don't have no game film to watch this week. That's just a that's theory. brilliant, actually. So, that's a you know, brilliant. And that's, I mean, that's, that's you know, smart, though. All the stunts that Harbaugh pulls, I mean, this is something that would be right up his alley. You know? I mean, he's, you know, a fifth-year senior. It's not like, uh, you know, he's a high school kid playing in front of a big crowd. He's He's been around the block, you know? So, well, Brett, I think he'll be just fine as quarterback. Bobby yeah. wants to ask you a question. Okay. What's up? What's up, BG? Hey, Sonia. How are you? What's going on, sweetie? What do you think that that, um, Michigan and Harbaugh will have to do different to actually pull out the win this game? Because we're actually rooting for you guys, only because of you. (laughs) You're one of my favorite Michigan fans. Forget the other guy. But you, you fam. (laughs) You fam. I I think for this (laughs) – I think for the sake of the uh, the Final Four playoff team, I think everybody ought to be rooting for Michigan. If not, it's going to be uh, it's going to be chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I don't. I think Michigan just uh, they just need to, you know, keep uh, that quarterback from getting a fifty-yard run all game. You know, they just keep him in the box and a couple yards in the punt. This good old-fashioned Big Ten football. You know. Okay. Do you think they no, can do it? Man, I would, I would kill, I would kill to have Harbaugh as a head coach. By the way, and I'm an Auburn guy, but I'd love to have Harbaugh as a head coach. <laughs> yeah, you know they're saying that he might be going to the Green Bay Packers. Really? That, that, really? That's their latest rumor. Yep. So going back to the that, NFL to the Cheeseheads. Yeah, they they said he had unfinished business up there, and he wanted to win a Super Bowl, but. Well, he got some not started business here. Yeah, well, he can come to Auburn and finish it. He can come to Auburn and finish it. Yeah. He's got to start it first. You got to start something before you finish it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think think Michigan's got their number this year. I I really do. I just – I don't see – Ohio State's offense, I mean, they only, you know, they, they beat Michigan State by one point thanks to Michigan State math. They don't, you know, two points <laughs> for a win and one point for a tie equals uh, a one-point loss. You know, that's MSU math right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
Well, I'm excited to see the game and uh, to watch that rivalry. What time does that game that, – that game always kicks off at uh, noon, right? Yeah, yeah noontime. Uh, it's, yeah, you, I don't know if you've ever actually been to a Michigan-Ohio State game, but you can't let the fans drink all day and then play football at night. <laughs> it wouldn't be it wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> I mean, and for those that's, who that's don't know, be... um, just a heads up about Brett. Brett is not only a Michigan fan, but he's also a former semi-pro pro hockey player. So he is our like our guru for hockey too. So <laughs> just a heads up. <laughs> Gotta give uh, my boy some love. That's awesome. Love. <laughs> Yeah, we used to and beat up I'll, football I'll players for you, practice. I'll ask you, are hockey players are hockey players tougher than football players, Brad? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Did, well, did, I agree. Did you I agree see they that, have to be. Do you see that guy for the Columbus Blue Jackets the other night? Took a no. pop to the face. And he yeah. came back. <laughs> 30, Thirty-six stitches he took and came back in the third period and scored a game winner in overtime. Is that Matt that's Cowher? a football player. Wow. He'd be out four weeks. I'm weak. Oh, what are you talking about? What's I'm that? Football, man. I, I said he'd be, he'd be out a month. If he's a football player. He'd be out. <laughs> yeah. Play. He may not ever. Well, Brett, I appreciate you joining the show, man. Thank you. Go Big Blue. We'll be pulling for you. Or is it Go Big? Yep. Go Big. How do you say it? <laughs> go Blue. Good. I'm Go, go Blue. blue. Go hey, blue. I got a question for you guys. Mm. Um, all right. If Ohio State does win, and it's going to cause chaos with all these two lost teams fighting for the four spot, right? The after, what do you think of letting uh, the idea of Western Michigan, who's undefeated, yeah. get that spot just for being undefeated? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen their scores no. or not. I haven't followed them. I'm not a Western Michigan fan, but every time I see their score. They're winning like fifty-eight to ten, fifty-eight to three. They're killing everybody, you know. I, I don't. I know. I know they're only a MAC team, but you know I'd they, they said the that about New Boise Year's when they beat. What's that? I'd let them in the New Year's Six Bowl, but I just couldn't bring them all the way to the playoff because I don't know how good they are against some of the top competition. Well, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson—we've seen then play against big talent. But Western Michigan still that unknown. We don't know how they would play. They may get beat by 70. Hell, they may win. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I just throw it out there. I just... I'm listening. Oh, okay. That was going to let you finish. I was like, unfortunately, that is their biggest issue. But it's, it's to me it's kind of unfair because it's, on one hand, the PLC has said from the very first <clears throat> that the, the – entire reason for them going to this system is to give those smaller schools or those, you know, like when you look at, um, who is it, the Bison? Mm-hmm. Don, uh, Don Cosby's team. You know, to give those those schools a chance, or schools like that, a chance to get, you know, the attention and, and get into the playoffs. And those those teams are doing it. But, at the you know, it's a double-edged sword because if you're looking at, it's almost like you're telling them, just based on what they've what, what they've done so far in the past three years, it's like you're telling them, okay, well, it's okay to, for you to get ranked, but don't think you're going to get in the final. So it's almost yeah. like 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, the, on one hand you're saying that this is to make it fair for everybody and to level the playing field, but then you turn around and you talk about their schedule and who they play, blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a backhanded compliment. Mm-hmm. When will we finally give yeah. these, these smaller teams a chance to really move up? You know, now a lot of them are moving forward because they're, they're scheduling, you know, tougher opponents and they're trying to, to, uh, to build up their strength of schedule. But at the same time, well, at, at you know, the same time, team. Alabama's the Alabamas and Michigan's are getting penalized for playing those guys at the beginning of the season, so they don't want exactly. to play them either. So you right, them at West the end. North. Our games, our opening games, are always against the Power Five rank, mm-hmm. you know, ranked team. But then when we play them in November, you get the, the backlash. So it's kind of it's like so much double talk. Mm-hmm. I'd love for them yeah. to get a chance. That'll be good. Maybe yeah. maybe one day if they extend it out the playoffs we'll get to see it but so brett thank you buddy for joining the show good luck this weekend we'll be pulling for you and uh lacy's in the chat room wanting to talk about jimbo fisher to lsu jonathan i need to take a two-minute break will you go ahead and uh talk about jimbo fisher possibly going to florida state or to lsu if that's even going to happen and then get in on the florida state florida game i'll be back in two all right buddy uh so yeah there's that conversation out there with Jimbo to LSU, um, I know Jimbo is their top target right now uh, because, uh, you know, LSU lost to Florida, so Orgeron all of a sudden went from lock to probably not going to get the job. And LSU's really narrowed their search uh, probably to their detriment. Um, it almost seems like the list is Orgeron, uh, Jimbo, and then if it, you know, if they don't get Jimbo, they don't really know what they're going to do. Maybe Fedora, North Carolina. Um, so here's the thing. Jimbo's a top ten paid coach. He's had success at Florida State. Obviously, the ACC, he's got a, a nice task. Uh, I mean, you know, you got Clemson and Louisville every year, and then really nobody in the Coastal honestly threatens. I know North Carolina beat us this year. Congratulations. You know, it's what, your second win? Well, Florida State is an ACC opponent. I mean, whoops. Um, but the Coastal doesn't really threaten uh, the ACC Atlantic that much. Uh, you know, Corey Clark wrote a great article where he said, we're not begging for Jimbo to come back. We're not. We're not going to beg for Jimbo. We've already played this game once. He got a nice raise. He won a new indoor facility. He got it. Uh, you know, top of the line, no doubt about it. You know, he, the one thing Jimbo's been stumping for, which he might get this go-around, is an increase in um, an assistant pool. Not as far as the money, but Florida State doesn't really do the consultant thing. You see it some of these other schools, like Alabama, will bring in consultants like uh, Sarkeesian. Uh, Florida State doesn't really like, doesn't really like doing that, um, so that might be something that he might get if he stays. I honestly don't think he wants to go to LSU. Um, a, I think he truly enjoys being at Florida State. Now, B, his kids uh, are in Tallahassee. I know there was that real ugly divorce with, uh, with with Candy, but um, you know his kids are still in Tallahassee, and I don't think he wants to leave his kids. Such as you know, one of them is still suffering from the Falcone anemia. You know, first kids fund is all based out of Tallahassee. Uh, that's the um, charity that donates money uh, to to research for that disease. And so you know, this is something that the the city's really gotten behind them. The fan base is really behind them. People say you know Florida State fans are not. It's not a great fan base. And, look, maybe we get a little aggravated at times, 
There's no doubt about that. You know, losing North Carolina, well, losing Louisville the way we did, unacceptable. Um, losing North Carolina, the the way that game shaped out, unacceptable. You can take the lead with 23 seconds left and lose the game. We're not going to be happy with it. Um, and people are like, well, the stands aren't full. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, the Champions Club, which has been a big thing um, that people have been looking at in, the, in this season, is, well, you know, they're not in the seats. No, but it's like an NFL stadium where they got a really nice indoor facility for those people that are paying, you know, 1500 a game. So they're actually going in and watching the game uh, from uh, inside with the all-you-can-eat buffet and all that goodness. I will say this, as a fan base, we've hit a point where, like, if Jimbo leaves or goes, you know, uh, uh, stays or leaves, it is what it is. So we're not going not gonna to cry over it. We want to make some changes to the staff, and Jimbo has shown a willingness to really not make any changes. Uh, last time he did was 2011. And we saw where that kicked off. I mean, that, that led to a, a real good run, Orange Bowl champs, national champs, uh, you know, semifinal uh, team, you know. But, you know, there, there, there's still a really big segment of the fan base that would like to change the defensive coordinator, especially uh, Charlie Strong. A lot of people would like to have Strong as our D.C. Uh, we want the linebacker coached on because our linebackers have been unprepared uh, and they have not developed. Um, there's been rumblings for a change in offensive line coach because, when you return the same O-line for a second year, you hope there's going to be some growth and development, and there really wasn't, actually. We saw some aggression, um, especially when you're considering that Florida State recruits, you know, with some of the best teams in the nation. They're, we shouldn't be struggling as badly as we have as far as that goes. Uh, so at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't think he's going to leave, but if he does leave, you're not going to hear any crying or, or complaining. It's going to be, let's move on to the next guy. Uh, there is a short list of guys that uh, is being looked at for Florida State potentially. So just know that that you know there is a contingency plan, and uh, you know there's some names on the list that I have uh, heard and I'm okay with. There's obviously some guys we is Gus one of them? Oh, don't do this. Who is, is Gus Malzahn one of them? No, 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 no. Um. Thing. One of the one of the names would be Willie Taggart at USF, who's done a great job. Uh, he's from Bradenton, Florida. He's turned around the USF program. I uh, want to say he's from the Harbaugh tree. Um, that's somebody that uh, that I know is getting some looks uh, as far as you know talent to keep an eye on, just in case. Uh, obviously, Tom Herman's on that list, but I don't think that's a you know a real realistic option, and I think the university knows that. Um, outside of that, it's really just, you know, we're not sure 100% where, what direction they'd want to go. Do they want to go offensive or defensive? If they go defensive, would they call LSU and try and get a random? Um, you know, so it's it's a complex and interesting situation. Um, I hope he doesn't leave. Um, I hope he just shakes up the staff. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm not going to beg and grovel for him to come back again. I'm not, I'm not doing this. You know, you want to keep. Uh, he, I, just with LSU, don't, I don't think oh. he's an elite coach anymore. I just don't think he's an elite coach, and we'll we'll discuss this topic more Sunday night after these games. But mm-hmm. since we got to cut the show in just a few, Florida, Florida State coming up. Um, don't mean to cut you off, but I want you to get a chance to talk about the game that you live for. I mean, is Florida really even a rivalry to you anymore? I mean, is. Is that even a rival game? I mean, you've owned it. 
Well, it's an interesting uh, situation because we have three trophy games and a rivalry. Uh, and the three trophy games are Virginia, which, I mean, I don't think anybody associates four state Virginia as a rivalry, but they do play for the Jefferson X trophy. Um, you have Florida, which they play for the Mayaka Cup, something along a uh, trophy, something along those lines. Uh, and then Miami which is part of Florida with the Florida Cup because Florida won't play Miami. We're going to hold that trophy for a long time. Look, we've won three in a row against Florida. You know, they're going to hang over our heads. We'll look at the overall series. Congratulations. You won the first 16 games. You forget that your uh, football team was built on Florida State's players. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so, I don't, I don't, you know, let's, let's, let's not get too cocky for a minute. Um, ever since Bobby Bowden showed up, that rivalry has turned in Florida State's play, uh, favor. Uh, you know, at this point, we got one for the index, we got one for the pinky, we got one for the middle. This is for the ring finger. You know, we're going for four straight, and we're going to get four straight. This is going to get ugly. Um, Florida's defense ain't that good. <laughs> let's, let's, be, let's be real for a minute. The best offense they Arkansas played was Arkansas showed us that. Right. Arkansas you know, showed us so, that, and Tennessee showed us that. Right. It's like, who's the best defenses you've played? I mean, best offenses you've played, and that's what? Arkansas, Tennessee, and Maybe LSU, and it's like LSU uh, smoked you. I mean, Florida LSU got was almost, paid off. LSU you know, was paid I, off. You got five red zone trips to score twice. We got we got issues. Um, I mean, you know, Florida got thirty six percent of their offensive production on one play, that ninety eight yard touchdown. Uh, that should tell you an awful lot about how miserable. Um, Florida's offense is. It's pitiful. Austin Appleby's not good. They can't run the ball. Their offensive line can't block. And, you know, the receivers aren't really give, getting a chance to do anything. Um, I think Florida's defense is highly overrated. They're going to be missing the top three tacklers and Jared Davis, Alex Anzalone, and Marcus May. I think their secondary is overhyped. Um, you know, I mean, the Bucks drafted Vernon Hargraves, and everybody kept trying to tell me how good he was. I'm like, no, he's terrible. Quarterbacks have a passer rating of 102 when throwing at Hargraves this year. Yeah, that that, that wow. sounds about right. Yeah, like Hargraves is a tro- people. I Jay Cutler picked on Hargraves. Mm-mm. I thought he was going to be good. No, when when Austin Franklin punked uh, Hargraves, I knew he wasn't going to be good. And Austin Franklin was a wideout in New Mexico State. Um, so it, it, I think last year was 27 to two. Don't don't let that ever. Ever, ever forget about that. Um, and I think this year we're going to see something of the same. Florida State's defense has come to play. Uh, they actually played well in that Clemson game considering they gave up 38 points. Uh, this offense has been, even for the most part, this offense has been really good this year. Uh, Francois is a really good quarterback. Dalvin Cook's the best running back in the nation. We've got good receivers. Uh, it's the offensive line you got to worry about, but they seem to have been coming along a little bit. Granted, it's against an inferior opponent. I think Florida State wins this game. Uh, you know, I'm gonna call it uh, 31 nothing. I'm gonna call a shutout here. I think this is gonna be a blowout. 31 be ugly. You you think Florida? State, how big is it playing at night in this game compared to say noon? Oh God, it's huge. See, people forget. Back in the 90s, Florida State used to play nothing but night games. Like that's the crowd. Yeah, I remember. And. You hate going to a day game, to be honest, because it's Florida. It's going to be 80, 90, 100 degrees. It's going to be humid. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sweating. So to have it as a night game where the temperature is going to be 
in the 60s or 70s. You're going to have a full ruckus crowd. There's nothing else going against it. You know, I mean, this is going to be intense. This is going to be, you know, the Florida section better be heavily guarded because you're talking about a full day of drinking for Florida State fans. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm i seeing blood. I'm seeing one for the ring finger. And next year it's one for the thumb. I'm, you know, people are going to keep asking, is this still a rivalry? And I go, well, do you think Miami is? Because if you think Miami's still a Florida State rival, then Florida is, even though it's gone one side. I mean, look at Ohio State, Michigan. <laughs> That's pretty one sided, but it's, you know what I'm saying? Um, but blowout. Blowout alert. Lay the points. My lock of the week is Florida State laying seven. So that ends up, it looks like Louisville's going to get the New Year's Six Bowl game if they beat Kentucky. And I'm not sure Kentucky doesn't win that game outright, just the way. Louisville played the other night, but just say mm-hmm. we could be looking at could be looking at an Auburn Florida State rematch in the Capital One Bowl. That's where a lot of people are putting it. Rematch of 2013. Who would you give the uh, edge to in that game right now? Uh, I'd give it to Florida State just because I like the offense more right now. Um, you know, Auburn's offense obviously worried. Had one bad game. Well, yeah, but if you have a stationary quarterback, we can get after you. I mean, Demarcus Walker leads the nation in sacks. Uh, Brian Burns, a true freshman, has seven and a half, which is actually, I believe, it's. it's Are you telling me Sean White is not a dual threat quarterback? He's not. Believe it or not, (laughs) Sean White is not Nick Marshall. Hey, you know, here's what's going to happen, though. Here's the reason I said this is this, and this is going to piss you off. John Franklin the third is going to start that game, and he's going to light Florida State up. <laughs> John Franklin's going to start oh, that man. game, but Demarcus Walker is going to give him a concussion on the first play. That's going to, that no would kill you, loss. Jonathan. That would kill you, though. If John Franklin the third came in there oh, and beat Florida God. State, you would you would never show up again. You'd, you'd be gone. I mean, uh, yeah, no, that that would that would torment me uh, quite a bit. You know, people forget <laughs> that John Franklin isn't exactly like at Florida State. Uh, I mean, when he struggled against Clemson and against Vanderbilt, there were um, guys like Jalen Ramsey were piping up with, you know, may, maybe it's actually the player and not the team. Yeah, but I've got one thing to say to Gus in closing here about John Franklin the third, and this is. My, I would say this to any coach. Your best athlete, regardless of the position, should be on the field at all times on offense. Just say or defense, wherever he's at. But in John Franklin III's case, he's the probably the best athlete on the field on offense. If you're not going to play him at quarterback, put him in a slot. Do something with him. Put him in receiver. Put him in motion. Make him a distraction, and that's one thing I don't understand why Gus – and maybe Gus will do it this game. That's what I'm praying. If John Franklin doesn't play quarterback, I mean, tell me if you agree with this, Jonathan. He needs to be on the field at least to get his hands on the ball, maybe not throwing it, but running it, or just being a decoy. I just think he's being not utilized the way he should be utilized, and that's one of my biggest problems with Gus sometimes. Is he doesn't always use the weapons he has at his disposal to win a football game. And you're going to need all hands on deck to beat Alabama. You're not just going to come in there and run the ball on them and throw it on them. You have to do something special to beat this team. And, and I'm hoping Gus does. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting idea. I mean, you know, obviously you'd like to see Franklin out there, whether it's in the slot at wideouts, so you can run jet sweeps and double passes with him. I mean, one of the things Bobby Bowden did um, was, he, you know, Charlie Ward, before he started at quarterback, he was the punter and, the, and he would play some wide receiver uh, because he was such a great athlete. You know, you wanted to get him on the field just to get, you know, get the ball in his hands and let him, you know, in some open field and let him go. Um so I do think that, you know, maybe not this year, but next year, um, you know, John Franklin might be looking at a position change, whether he wants to or not. Um, but you want to rattle off some of these other rivalry games that people are going to pay attention to? Yeah, but I'm going to tell you one thing. One one thing that you're going to hear from me about Jeremy Johnson real quick, he will be mm-hmm. an NFL quarterback. And it's gonna make Auburn look bad. It's gonna make him look real bad when Jeremy Johnson goes to the NFL. <laughs> and he does something well. We've got thirteen minutes left. Uh so we're going to Iowa, Nebraska. That's a big game to me. I'm gonna be watching some Army of that did. game, taping it taping it and watching it three thirty. I won't be watching it because of the Iron Bowl, but I just have a feeling that Nebraska is gonna come in here and and have more athletes in this game and beat Iowa. I think they beat Iowa this game. Yeah, good old Farmageddon. Uh, I like Nebraska to win this game as well. Uh, it's actually on Friday, so I might peek at it. Um, but, yeah, I like Nebraska too. You like Nebraska. Sonia, put your stuff in the chat room if you want to. Who you like, Nebraska, Iowa. We'll bring you on. We already talked about Texas, TCU. Um, and here's my – Here's an upset game that could happen if if you're not careful if you're Tennessee. You Tennessee, mm-hmm. I've been watching your defense. I've been watching it give up 700 yards to Missouri. Now there's mm-hmm. no SEC championship. You haven't met expectations. Vanderbilt's playing good right now. But it's a home at night in Vandy. I wouldn't be surprised if Vanderbilt pulled the upset. Yeah, I like Vanderbilt plus some points here. I think Vanderbilt's playing for more. Uh, with the win, they're bowl eligible. They don't have to worry about the uh, the APR. Uh, rankings just in case they need five and seven teams. Um, I think Tennessee wins a tight one, but I like Vandy plus the points here. Tennessee knows if Tennessee loses that game, the whole Champions of Life thing after Butch got killed for it, it'll bury the whole program. Yeah, and and, and just a reminder, uh, Sonya picked Nebraska. She hadn't picked the Tennessee game yet, but Butch Jones came out and said this week, we didn't win the East or something, but we went, we're winning the game of life. That's what he said, right? We're winning at the yeah. game of life. Is that the board <laughs> Is game? Is winning a board game, game that important? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Penn State. Penn State. Michigan State. I think I think Penn State may roll these guys in uh, in Happy Valley. Penn State's looking. I mean, they're excited. They – they they control their own destiny. How sweet is that right now? If you're Penn State, you control your own destiny. Or does the pressure get to them? I'm going to go with them in a route over Michigan State. I think Michigan State gave all they had against Ohio State. They're done. They won three games this year. Bye. Penn State kills them. Yeah, I got Penn State in a blowout for the Lane Grant. Uh, that, you know, rivalry game, trophy game means a lot to Penn State. I think uh, they're going to blow them out. And uh, we're looking at Possibly the Rose Bowl team. Or uh, Sandy, or uh, Sandy, Sandy. Sandy says Vandy. If the balls are playing, 
but I'm going to do Jason a favor, Jason Minson here. And every week that I picked against Minnesota, they've won. And I don't know why they they they. It seems like this team won't go away. They're like Jason and, and Friday the Thirteenth. They just don't go away. So I'm going to pick <laughs> Wisconsin to beat Minnesota. And you watch Minnesota will upset Wisconsin. Who do you like in this game? Uh, I like Wisconsin. Um, I don't know about laying the points. It's 14 and a half last time I checked, and this game's always been really close. Uh, they're playing for Paul Bunyan's axe. I think, you know, Wisconsin has dominated uh, this rivalry. Um, I think they hold serve here and win again. Um, my favorite moment in this rivalry, by the way, was when Minnesota's punter um, mishandled the snap and the ball went backwards and Wisconsin recovered for the uh, game-winning touchdown. Great. One of the best endings uh-huh. in, uh, in college football. Right. Speaking of rivalries, the Civil War here. Oregon favorite three over Little Brother in in Oregon State, and I'm going with Little Brother in this game. I don't know if, how Oregon responds to winning that game. I think they accidentally beat Utah. I think Utah pulled an Auburn against Georgia, and uh, they're like, "Oh my God, we won!" But I think Oregon State wants this game more, and I think Oregon State gets it. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting situation because Oregon should be more talented. Oregon State went from being butt to actually being a, a team that's done good things this year. Uh, games in Corvallis, they've been tough at home. They've been knocking on the door trying to knock off Oregon. So, you know what, I'm going to give it to them this year. I'm going to pick uh, the Beavers. Um, I think they went a tight game that has a lot of points scored. Yeah, over-under is over 70, 71 right now, and – this could be Kevin Sumlin going to Oregon next year. You heard it here first. You won't hear it on ESPN, CBS, Fox, but you'll hear it here, Kevin Sumlin <laughs> to Oregon. Uh, Colorado, Utah. <laughs> Colorado, Utah. This game, Colorado's for real. I mean, this, we're not going back to the eight days of Eric enemy and all them, but they're a good football team right now. Utah coming off that devastating loss, going on the road. I like Colorado here. They're, they're playing for a chance to – play in the Pac-12 championship. If they lose this game, it means Southern Cal gets in, and I don't think Washington wants to play them again. So I'm going to go to Colorado to get in and punch their ticket to the Pac-12 championship game. I like Colorado here as well in the, uh, what are they called, the Rumble and the Rockies. Uh, Seppel Lufau has been great. The defense has been good. The Buffs want it more. Um, and I think the Utes don't have anything to play for after uh, whatever you want to call last week. <laughs> that was a disaster. <laughs> um, the the Egg Bowl, I mean, what does this game mean, really? I mean, all of a sudden, Ole Miss is life's on – I mean, they're on life support for bowl eligibility here. Who thought that before the season started that Ole Miss and Mississippi State would be playing to see if Ole Miss made a bowl game? I bet you didn't predict that. I bet I didn't predict that, but – here we are, Ole Miss favored seven and a half. I don't know how they're favored seven and a half over anybody right now, but you got to think Vegas may know something here we don't. But I can tell you this, there will be no defense played in this game, and there will be a lot of points. That I can guarantee. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fast <laughs> scoring. Um, I think Ole Miss going to win this game. Uh, Shea Patterson should have a good day. Uh, they'll get to play in a bowl game and let Shea get another game under his rest. Ole Miss is They've got themselves a good quarterback. Um, 
They do, and I think I think he's the one who wins this game, and not Nick Fitzgerald. And Sonya is going back and picking Auburn in the Iron Bowl over Alabama. She says she's a, she's thought it over. She's contemplated it. Now she reverse wants to pick James. Auburn over Alabama. Nah, I'm she James. didn't say that. She she she'd kill me for saying that. She'd kill me. Uh, USC Notre Dame is this going to be a game? I say no. I mean Brian Kelly, this sorry individual piece of crap. I mean just uh, te- always pointing fingers at other people, never taking accountability. Uh, no, no, Brian Kelly. The, you, you forfeited those wins. You, you don't get the, the win against Bama now. That loss doesn't go away. That loss stays with you. So, I mean, this guy's the worst coach in college football. If I'm Notre Dame, I'm firing him just because of his integrity. Him and Bobby Petrino put together made equal the, the devil. That's how bad they are. Well, I mean, they're playing for the Jewel Shalele, and I think USC. Uh, I think they will go out another hand take care of business here. Side note, hey, Brian Kelly, you had your 2012 and 2013 seasons vacated. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, Charlie Weiss has a, has a better winning percentage than you, but you didn't see that coming. B, that national championship game that you wanted everybody to forget about is not on the record books anymore. Yay! But it's on the radio. It's in his brain forever, and my brain forever, and on the committee's brain when they think about ever putting Notre Dame in that playoff game. They'll remember that beat down, and uh, never forget the the phantom girlfriend of what's that guy about Teo or Teo, whatever his name is. Yeah, Teo, his imaginary husband trophy, his imaginary girlfriend. So, <laughs> I don't know, Apple but there's. I mean, here's what I'm trying to tell everybody in closing here tonight is, look, Thanksgiving, be thankful for your family out there. Be thankful that you're breathing. Be thankful that you you get to eat that turkey tomorrow and everything, and some people aren't eating at all. You know, be thankful for the country we live in, and just be thankful that, that we have football to watch Thursday. we got some NFL action. We've got three games there, Minnesota, Detroit, always. Detroit on Thanksgiving. Uh, Dallas, the best team in the NFL right now, playing playing the way they are right now against Washington. That's going to be some entertainment. But like Jonathan said, forget the 830 game, the Pittsburgh and the Colts. They both suck. Watch LSU, Texas A&M play. At least that's some excitement. At least somebody's going to get fired after this game. But at least you get to know that. And, you know, but, but I think the committee made a statement. Both of these teams are out of the rankings, and uh, they may be for good. LSU, if they win, or Texas A&M may crawl up to 22 or 23. But do you see either one of these teams jumping up to a New Year's Six Bowl game if they win? I can't see that. So. No, 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 no. Oh, uh, okay. Huskies are going to win the Apple Cup. Boom. Oh, that's the game I forgot. Washington at Washington State. I'm going with Washington State in the upset. So, if that happens, if that happens, the committee, just think if Ohio State wins tomorrow or Saturday and uh, Washington State wins, what's going to happen? Uh, Oklahoma is going to get the fourth spot? No, Oklahoma will never make it back to the playoff again. <laughs> never. <laughs> Honey, we're at 90 seconds right now. But, I mean, you talk about chaos, my friend. Chaos is what you get. If Washington State wins, okay, say Washington State wins, 
Colorado beats them with a two-loss team, I think you've got a – I would put a two-loss Penn State Big Ten champion over I would a two-loss Oklahoma. I'm telling you. The Big Ten will get two teams in. If Here's, here's the deal. If Washington doesn't make it, if Washington doesn't make this playoff, mm. the Big Ten will have two teams in. Guaranteed. I don't Oklahoma's know. Oklahoma. They lost to Ohio State at home by two touchdowns. And then they lost to Houston. There's no way. Okay, you won a bad, bad conference. Texas sucks. Baylor sucks. TCU sucks. Oklahoma State's the only team in there worth a damn, and they got to be by Central Michigan. And I know it doesn't count. It shouldn't, but it does. It still counts in that record book. But Sunday then night. Give me 13 and 0 Western Michigan. No, can't do that. We'll give you. How about 9 and 3 Auburn? That's what we'll give you. Man, nine and three like Florida that. State over nine and three Auburn all day. Uh, we'll see. Well, Sunday, guys, will be about six o'clock Eastern. I'll update you guys. Have a great, blessed Thanksgiving, and thank you all for joining us. God bless. Good night. We'll see you Sunday. Go. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.